Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Epic Knight. And I'm Celia Burberry. And today on the show, we are once again joined by Celia Burberry from Auckland Property Management. And today on the show, we're going to be talking about the rigour that property managers go through and some of the, the tips and tricks that they have in order to manage properties effectively uh, and ensure that, that your investment is managed for the long term so you can hold on to it. Now, I know you've probably got so many different examples of of what your, what your staff um, go through in order to make sure properties are well managed. But uh, let's start off by talking about that 30 to 40% figure that you mentioned uh, at, within our first episode about how the workload of managing a property has increased by that much. What what, mm. what things are changing that are, that are making that the case? Oh, that's the introduction um, of uh, the compliance and the legislation that's come in in the way of insulation, healthy homes, etc. Um, that's quite a huge mission to get um, all of our over 2,000 properties up to speed um, and has to be done uh, within certain time frames. So that's something they never had to do before. Before, you know, our job consisted of uh, inspections and arrears, uh, repairs and maintenance and admin, and that was our job. But now you can add on all these extra things along the lines of compliance and legislation, um, and there's also an increasing workload on them and responsibility that puts an increasing um, strain on their mental health as well because there's a lot at stake. So um, it gets quite stressful. And I imagine that's important because they're dealing with people all day mm-hmm. and, and typically dealing with people, uh, I know we're going to talk about a reason this show, but uh, dealing with people when things typically go wrong or when you're trying to convince them to do something and that's mm. why you'd want them to, to have really strong uh, mm. uh, uh, well-being and, yep. and mental health in that. Yep. Um, and just just another question on this, I, the, the workload's increased by 30%. Have you put your fees up by 30% in the same time frame? No, we haven't. No, we haven't. We keep doing what we're doing and still committed to providing those service levels. We've had to make changes within our business to make sure that the property managers have the support they need so they can still provide that top level of client service. Uh, That's more falls on us, so we can still retain doing the best job we can. Fantastic. So let's talk about some of the ways that... uh, Property managers, for instance, make sure that the tenant moving in is is absolutely uh, you know going to be a fantastic tenant for the property and good long term tenant. What sort of things are you guys looking for that that might not be so obvious? Might not be so obvious. That's that's um, look the, the picking the tenant initially is the most one of the most important things that we do. Um, and we can work off all of the processes that we have to secure the best tenant we can for our owners, uh, and we do that. One of the biggest elements of that is the experience of a property manager as well, but obviously we have the usual things that you know about, credit checks and, and, and those sorts of things. Um, but a good tenant during a tenancy can also have a major life event uh, that affects the way that they behave. It, completely unintentional but we have to be watching for that regularly as well and work with them to make sure that they get back on track. And that would be things like, you know, say, say a, a marriage breakup. Mm. Uh, that would be things like job changes yeah. or sudden redundancies. Yeah, yeah. So that brings on for them a totally different lifestyle, um, not one that they had planned for. So we w- uh, actually monitor our arrears uh, regularly every day, and when we start seeing start seeing to see those patterns, uh, we work very closely with the tenant to make sure the best result is achieved. And in that case, uh, I imagine that it might either be. If it's if it's temporary, you might you might keep them because they've been a good long term yep. tenant, or helping them move on if it's if it's no longer the right property for the lifestyle they car- uh, now now find themselves in. That's right, and sometimes that's the right thing to do for them. There's no point in allowing them to incur the huge debt of arrears uh, that's only going to work against them. So it depends completely on uh, their situation, and we work closely with the landlord as to what's the best result for everyone. 
Fantastic. And I know that arrears is the biggest thing that, that uh, private landlords who manage properties themselves probably <coughs> tend, to, tend to miss. Say that you notice that somebody is falling behind. Mm. How do you make sure that you're more successful at, at recovering those mm. arrears than a private landlord? Right. So we have a, um, an eight-day strategy where we take an action for the f- every day for the first eight days when we notice that they fall into arrears. Uh, and that can involve uh, phone calls and emails and texts and achieving a resolve from how they're going to fix it and if they don't, etc. Um, so we work closely with them on that. And whatever they say, we follow our procedures. That's the important thing because our real job is to mitigate the loss for our owners. So we follow our procedures so that we can then, if necessary, take it through to the tenancy tribunal. Um, It's very hard sometimes on our tenants. They have these tragic events happen and we understand that. But we are actually here to do our job. So we have to follow through on those processes all the way through. And we we do do that. And that eight-day strategy. Mm Mm-hmm. How has that changed, or how have you created it to make sure, I imagine this has been, you know, you guys have been in business for, for over 25 years, that mm. this has been <coughs> honed mm. to ensure that it gets the result that you're looking for. Yeah, it, it is. It's it's honed to make sure uh, we get the result as fast as possible for everybody. So that uh, we, uh, between all the processes that we have, if they... They make us promises, and they, we absolutely uh, appreciate that, um, but we still have these processes in place that if their promises aren't met, um, that we can take the appropriate legal action. Yeah. And how quickly, between noticing that you've that somebody is in arrears, you've mm-hmm. got your eight-day strategy, at what point do you say, look, we've got to go to the tenancy tribunal? Yeah. Uh, that each situation is different, but we can apply either before or after 21 days in arrears. Uh, they are just different sections of the Act, section uh, 55 and 56, um, but we take action whenever, as soon as possible as we feel it's necessary. If we are along that track of taking action and they pay, then that's great, it's all off. But if unfortunately they can't make, uh, meet the promises that they made, then we are already in place to mitigate that loss for the owner. Yes, yes. I, I think the, the, the benefit I'm hearing as well that uh, perhaps a private landlord wouldn't mm. um, have is that this is a, there are procedures in place, there is a game plan, a playbook to run, mm-hmm. and you, you know what that mm. outcome's going to be and roughly at what point. So it's, yeah. it's, we always say take the emotion out of property investment, take the emotion out because that's when mistakes get, get mm. made. And when you've got that tight procedure and that surety of outcome, then you're less worried about it. Of course, of course, yep. there's some worry because yep. you're still incurring expenses at that time. Right. But you're uh, you, you've got more surety of where you're going to be. Right. Because what a lot of a lot of owners don't we are actually not responsible for the tenant not paying their rent. The tenant is. So all we can do is manage that situation. We can't actually prevent it. Um, so we come in when it actually has happened, and we all we can do is manage to mitigate it to as least as possible. And I think that's mm. probably the same with a lot of things that uh, typically might go wrong. So somebody somebody's moved in, um, there was no sign that they had pets, then they've got and bought a pet six months in. Now, you can't stop that as a property <coughs> manager. You can't stop them from smoking outside the house or, mm. or any of these things that, that might typically be considered undesirable mm. by a landlord, mm-hmm. but you can have the playbook in place to manage, to manage it if it happens. Yeah. And a lot of those things, one of the most important things we do is inspections, regular uh, routine inspections. So if in the likes of a pet and it's a no-pet property, which we can actually state, and during the inspection, 
um, tenants, you have to be looking and reading between the lines as well because there may be obvious signs of pet, but there might not be as well. If they may hide all the dishes but still have the dog food in the pantry or whatever. So uh, we can actually take action on that. Yeah, mm. so it's a lot of mm. observation. I remember. A lot of observation, yep. One of, the, one of the things I've always been most impressed by, I once met a property manager years ago who said, I always count the toothbrushes. Mm. Because cause if there's mm. a, a, a cap on the number of people who can li- or are allowed to live in the property, mm. if you count the number of toothbrushes, you'll, fi- you'll quickly right. find out. Because that's something a tenant would never think sure. of as well. Yep. Yep. So, so it's, yeah. it's all about observation in those cases. And yeah. you're right that it's about having frequent inspections as well. Before we started recording, we were talking about um, a private landlord who we saw in the media not long ago who didn't realise they had to do inspections. Mm. Uh, and so the mm. property was getting trashed. And of course, if you're not doing regular inspections, mm. uh, I think every three months, then your insurance is void. So if you've got damage to your property, mm. you can't even claim on it. No, each, each insurance um, is different, but generally they are every three months. Uh, and if you're not doing that, that can void uh, your insurance. But they are they are key to a tenancy during those inspections and looking for the things uh, like um, um, bags of um, manure or dirt out in the garage that looks like they've been grown in or that are suddenly empty. Or if they put lock off rooms and say someone's asleep in that room, you can't go in there, you need to go in that room anyway. Um, you need to be able to access the whole property at all times. Do you, does that that excuse come up relatively? I I don't imagine frequently, mm-hmm. but is that a common one that when something goes wrong, that'll be the excuse that is used? Um, there's there's a variety of them, but often they are the red flags to actually digging deeper. What might seem very genuine, and it may be, um, but our responsibility is to actually take care of that property in all respects. Um, and if they don't want you going in a certain room, that's the very reason to go in there. But they do need to be done regularly, and if they put you off, we let, we allow them to um, reschedule once, but then we go religiously anyway after that point. If they if they say they're not going to be home, we, we just go. And one of the things that uh, we, we're constantly monitoring forums and, and online um, chat groups uh, in regards to property investment to understand what 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 concerns people have, what people mm. are talking about. I read one the other day that was uh, that was asking, oh, you know, are property managers worth the six or oh, seven to ten percent, which is roughly the the market rates that they mm. charge? And mm. again, big discussions about it. And it, it seems to me that, or it appears to me that investors shouldn't be looking at what are the actions that a property manager takes, though of course those are important things like inspections and, and following up on arrears, but actually what you're really paying for are the procedures mm-hmm. that are in place that if something goes wrong, just like insurance, you know it's going to be managed, there's a playbook in place and you, there is a more certainty of outcome because you know that there are those procedures that are going to be followed mm-hmm. and and you're not going to wait seven or 14 days till notice that there are arrears mm. because there are these playbooks in place. Yeah, there is, uh, there's procedures in place and there's a great deal of experience. Um, in my office here, I've got um, a high percentage of managers that have been here and in the industry for 20, 25, 30 years. So there isn't much that they haven't seen and they know how to handle these situations um, quickly and effectively. Um, so there's experience and this time, you know, and a private owner um, has their own life and their own job and things that they're doing, whereas we're doing this all day, every day. So it's actually our focus is to do these things. It's much harder for a landlord to find the time doing it themselves, um, especially if they have a, a multiple property portfolio, to actually do it, do it well. 
And one of the one of the things that it would stop an investor from growing their portfolio significantly is if they have to dedicate so much time to mm. management of it rather than growing that portfolio because you, you can't do it all. And actually, mm. if I think about it for, for um, my properties, that I would much rather pay that 7% and if they're if there were mm. awkward conversations to be had about, no, you can't go in that room or anything, yep. I'd much rather pay for one of your team to do it. Right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah the owners that, that uh, recognise how important it is to have a professional doing it, um, because it is a profession in its own right now, it's and it's growing into that more and more as as time goes by. Um, but when you want something done by a professional, you know you don't. Do you go to the cheapest, or do you go to the one that's going to give you the best result? If you're going to the dentist, are you going to go to the cheapest cheapest dentist down the road with the old tools, um, or are you going to go to the best one who can give you the best result? Because it's important to you, and people need to see their properties um, that way as well. It's really important uh, having the best experts to get the best result. And I, I guess what this comes down to is the thing that we opened the f- the, the first episode we did together, um, which is property management at its core is about ensuring you can hold the property for the long term mm. so that you're able to get the, the long term benefits and gains that come with property. That's really what we're talking about here. Mm. And over over 10 years, you might spend somewhere between 20 to 30 grand on your property management, somewhere in that vicinity. That's actually, you're getting 10 years of service there but it's the equivalent fee that a real estate agent would charge right. over that in, in 10 years. In one go, yeah. You know, in, in we, one go. when you mm. think about that, yep. and I know that who who probably gives more value. <laughs> well, Celia, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing some of your knowledge around property management. Uh, of course, if you are interested in learning more about property management um, and and everything related to, to making sure that properties are managed effectively, why not head along to autumnproperty.net, which is Autumn Property Management's website. They've got a treasure trove of information and insight there. Uh, We can learn lots about that. Uh, Of course, we've got a whole heap of uh, video courses and insight on our website as well, opuspartners.co.nz. That's O-P-E-S-partners.co.nz. And of course, please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to this podcast. It really does help us get the show out to more people. But until next time. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Celia Burberry. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with more daily insights, strategies and tactics to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.